You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 38 of Take About Podcast. It's your host, Eli Tokash. I'm so thrilled to be here today and introduce a new field of the entertainment industry, especially in the Broadway in the Broadway community. We have our first ever stage manager on the podcast. And so uh, it was really cool to hear from him and get his perspective on what it's like to be a stage manager, but also many other things in the industry. And he's doing a lot of amazing things for young people who have aspirations of getting into the industry. Uh, and so you'll hear all about that today. And so I'm very excited to introduce that to all of you. Before we turn it over to the interview, let's look at what we can look forward to in the Broadway community this week, shall we? So I don't know if any of you saw it, but a new trailer for Genius Aretha, uh, starring Cynthia Revo, who's playing Aretha Franklin, was released. And her singing Chain of Fools is just absolutely like breathtaking like like you see it and you have like chills and you're like how and like you it's just like I want to be her and like I want to be friends with her and it's just like it's so good it's amazing I mean I feel like she's definitely in the argument of being the like one of Broadway's best belters on Broadway if you ask me I feel like I could definitely make an argument to include her in the conversation, but she is just incredible. And I'm very much looking forward to that new uh, limited series, which comes out March 21st. Uh, so that's very exciting. So that's something that we can look forward to next month. But some recent things that are going on this week, and actually, if you're listening today, this episode is released. It's Thursday, February 11th, not January. <laughs> and something very exciting is happening today, February 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, reasons to be pretty. So there's a few productions that I'm going to list off here that we can all look forward to and possibly tune in or read up about. So Reasons to be Pretty, starring Jessica Vosk, will be streaming tonight, February 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for free on YouTube. So literally, if you go to YouTube and you just like search up Reasons to be Pretty, Jessica Vosk, or just like look up that on the internet, you don't even have to go to YouTube. Save yourself. They'll encourage you to donate to the Actors Fund uh, and do whatever you can, but it, it's free. So, like, if we're all just chilling and we want to hear some goddess vocals from Jessica Voss, like, let's tune in on YouTube. I'll probably be there, and uh, maybe I'll see you there in, like, the chat section or whatever on, like, the live stream. Uh, but I'm very much looking forward to that. February 12th, which is tomorrow, if you're listening on Thursday once again when this episode releases, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella 
premieres on Disney Plus. I, I mean, come on. Are you not excited for that? I have Disney Plus. I mean, at first, like, it was definitely like, oh my god, I wasn't gonna get another streaming platform. But like, I got it when like Soul came out, and I've like been obsessed since. And now I'm so happy that I have it because Cinderella is coming out on on Disney Plus and we can all watch that. And I just can't wait to watch some of my favorites like Brandy, Whitney Houston, Bernadette Peters, Whoopi Goldberg, Jason Alexander and Victor Garber. Like so many, so many people are in this production and it's like Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. So like, why not? It's amazing. And uh, just to like, have another musical like come out on tv is just I-, I can't wait and i'll definitely be tuning into that it comes out february 12th so you can watch it anytime literally it's like hamilton it's just gonna be on disney plus so check it out if if you can something very cool and interesting also happening february 12th there's a uh, special event going on and it's a five by 15 is what they're calling it. And what it is, is that they're going to be premiering five 15-minute musicals. Isn't that wild? Five 15-minute brand new musicals that no one's seen before. It's going to be 15 minutes long, and they're going to make their premiere, and it's going to be virtually, and it's going to be incredible. But the reason that I'm mentioning this, not only is it a cool event, but actually one of the musicals being premiered is being directed by previous Take About guest, Sierra Renee. So this is not a free event. This is something that you do have to get tickets for. So just look it up if you're interested. I think it's really cool. You're going to see five brand new musicals just like in their beginning stages. They're they're going to be premiering and they'll probably be getting feedback and everything like that. So it's just a cool thing to like watch a show grow if you can see it from like a young stage in their in their developmental process. I, I, it's definitely very interesting. And shout out to Sierra Renee, who's I'm sure like just busting her butt. It's her directorial debut. So I'm so excited for her and I can't wait to check it out. So I mean, obviously, there's like a ton of other things happening. But my last thing that I'm going to mention is that good friend of the podcast, Carly Hughes, and Michael Yuri join Chicken and Biscuits on February 27th. And there's someone really special who's also going to be in it. And that's Janet Hubert from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And they have a bunch of other people in it as well, but those are just people that stood out to me. I love my friend Carly Hughes. Obviously, Michael Urie is amazing. Janet Hubert, all of these great people. But the reason that I'm mentioning it is that today's guest, Cody Renard Richard, is going to be stage managing this special event. So it's another thing that's going to be like virtual and he's going to have to stage manage it virtually. And we talk a little bit about what that's like in the interview. Um, So I thought that was a perfect segue. So without further ado, Cody Renard Richard, curtain up. On today's episode of Take a Vow, we are joined by one of the top stage managers in the business with over 12 Broadway shows under his belt, a bunch of award shows, three live musicals on TV, and much, much more. 
I can guarantee you he's worked on at least one of your favorite Broadway shows. And you'll be able to hear all about it and what kind of work goes into all the behind the scenes. And he continues to actually give back to the arts as he's created the CRR scholarship program for BIPOC students going to college for stage managing. So, Cody Renard Richard, welcome to Take a Bow. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I'm so excited. So it's actually the first time I've interviewed a stage manager on the podcast. So I'm very excited to hear a new aspect and give listeners all of that great insight. Oh, cool. It's always so weird hearing someone go through my resume. I'm like, oh, wow, I did that, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? You're pretty cool, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You've accomplished a lot. And, and so I would like to, you know, rewind a little bit. And I want to ask, what inspired you to like become a stage manager? Yeah, I actually started stage managing in high school. My high school theater director basically told me I should do it. So I was like, okay, you know, when you're in high school, it's very you're very impressionable. And she told me, she actually said to me, she said that I had a way of making people listen without yelling. And she thought that that would be useful in a stage manager. Of course, at the time, when I was 14, 15, I heard that I get to be in charge and I liked that. So I was like, sign me up. (laughs) But, you know, I loved it. I loved the responsibility of it then and I love it even more now. But at the time, it was something that allowed me to feel like I had like a sense of being needed and seen and whatnot just because everybody came to me to like get a prop or came to me to ask me a question and I was like her assistant director and I loved being that person that everyone came to. So that's kind of what got me interested in it. I had no idea what it really meant, but I was, you know, a huge part of the team at the time. So I kind of learned from there. Yeah. So you kind of like started out doing like school shows or like was it in in high school or was it like more like regional theater and stuff like that? No, it was in school. Um, oh, okay. To, yeah, I went to Waller High School uh, in Waller, Texas, and we did shows like Groovy the Musical and yeah. <laughs> Wagons Wheels West and Kilroy was here. Shows you've never heard of. We didn't get it. to do Grease or Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof or any of that. <laughs> right, right. Of course, I love that. So like you said, I mean, a stage manager literally like <laughs> runs the show. Like there really is no show without the stage manager. I mean, like you said, you have tons of responsibilities. Do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite? I guess I love I love getting to know people. I love collaborating and communicating mm-hmm. with them. So that's my favorite part, I think, of stage managing is is getting to work with everyone on the production and kind of figuring out the way they communicate and what they need for me. That's always a fun game. So I love getting to figure out people and making sure that they are equipped with whatever they need to to do their job to the best of their ability. Absolutely. Obviously, when you start like a new show, a stage manager's role is to really build their track. So like as an actor, like I've always been like told what to do and where to go and all of that. But like, you have to like literally just figure out the places to be and formulate your own tracks. Do you like all the challenges that are like faced and always staying on your feet? Is that like a cool thing that you enjoy? Yeah, I love that. I mean, you're right. It's so cool. I love that. (laughs) I love, I love getting to figure it out. I love like it kind of starting as this big blank canvas and then, you Mm -hmm. know, as the director starts to paint, we're able to like pull a certain puzzle piece and like to put it together. 
um, that's the one, another favorite part of mine is getting to to see all like the you know when you dump a toy chest out or like a, a big Lego set and then start putting it together. <laughs> I used to play Legos a lot when I was a kid, um, I but I love I love like putting all the pieces together and seeing where things fit backstage and making sure that you know people are in a certain spot and I love that. I mean, do you have like? any tricks that you've kind of like adapted as you've grown and like become the stage manager that you are today on like keeping track of all those responsibilities and like really like writing down your track or like how do you like manage to keep track of all your responsibilities i guess yeah well i mean first of all you know i make a lot of lists i make a lot Mm. of notes because i can't always remember things and i find that when i write things down it's kind of like that muscle memory so when someone talks about it it like it triggers whatever i wrote down i guess so yeah i mean i write a lot of lists i also rely on the team you know i remember that i i'm not the only person who's having to figure this out so i like collaborating with them and you know asking them like what do you think about this or you know so that's kind of, you know, making sure that, that everyone is, is putting some type of effort into it. But yeah, making a lot of lists. And, and as you make the list and try to figure things out, it's also about, you know, forward thinking, you know, wondering like if, what, if this decision is going to affect, you know, when we get into tech or when we add on X, Y, and Z or when, you know, the ensemble shows up if you're just working with a certain group of people. So trying to be proactive in certain decisions, but also like checking, you know, where you are in the moment. For sure. I think that was a roundabout answer, but like, no, yeah, a lot of cross referencing, I guess. It totally makes sense. I mean, you tied it together perfectly. And so clearly you have this incredible love for stage management and you're giving back. So I can't wait to hear about this CRR scholarship that you've created for BIPOC community who are going into stage management in college. So what inspired you to collaborate and create this outlet for other artists who want to go into stage management? I mean, one of the biggest things for me, especially within the last couple of years, is paying it forward. Mm -hmm. I recognize and I realize that I've been very fortunate in my career to just because I've been able to work and I've been able to sometimes choose the work that I get. You know, I don't have to say yes to everything, which is a blessing. And I know there's a lot of people who aren't that fortunate. I know, you know, so I've always whenever I had the chance, I will, you know, go speak at a school or like, you know, speak on a panel or like answer a question or show somebody around backstage. This is, I feel like it's important to give people access to a world that they don't necessarily have access to. So that's always been like a big passion of mine is paying it forward in some regard. A couple of years ago, I got an email from my university saying, you know, donate to the Alumni Foundation. And I was like, I'm not donating to this. But <laughs> but that email sparked, I was like, maybe, you know, instead of donating to this foundation, I could like set up a scholarship fund. And and at that point, I'll, I'll, all I wanted to do was sponsor one student, like give them a thousand dollars each semester of my own money, just so I can like, you know, help them out. Because wow. I, I could, I would not have been able to go to college without scholarship. Right. Because I come from a family that would not have been able to afford that. I'm sure we would have figured it out, but that type of money was not something that we had at all. So I knew the power of a scholarship. I knew like $500 could could change someone's life. As small as it sounds, but it can't. A thousand dollars, you know. So my my goal was to do that, you know. And then 2020 happened and, you know, the world went on pause or the the world got activated. Right. Either way, who depends on who you are, either you were on pause (laughs) or you got activated. Uh And I had time to think about a lot of things. And 
the this scholarship came back to my mind and I was in talk to my university to do it. And then I was talking to my friend and she just told me, she was like, why don't you dream bigger? You always dream big. Like, why are you just stopping there? And then that, that pushed me to, to do more, you know? And then I just started thinking about, you know, my journey as a black stage manager, specifically on Broadway and how I've never had a mentor that looks like me. You know, I never, right. even coming up, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't worked with that many other black stage managers or directors or producers even. And I understand that it's lack of resources and availability and all of these things. And, and I know the power of being seen and I know the power of feeling seen. And I wanted to provide that for other people, you know, regardless if they want to be on Broadway or work regionally or work wherever, I want to give them access to the people who are working so they a know that they can do it, and b can get this knowledge that that's not really taught in schools. So that's essentially like in a nutshell. I can go on and on, but that's really what pushed me to do it. And then I reached out to Broadway Advocacy, Advocacy Coalition, who is doing amazing work, and I've done things with them, and I've known them for years, and it just felt like the right partnership. They really pushed me to come up with the other part of the program, which is the mentorship capa- uh, capacity and all the work sessions that we're going to do. The, the program is for BIPOC students who are studying non-performance-related degrees. So not just stage managers, actually. For So anyone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So for designers, directors, general managers, we have a student who is a puppet maker coming in, you know? So like, no, that's it's awesome. so cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about making puppets, but I can like, <laughs> learn from her, you know, or yes. learn from them, you know? So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's what it is, essentially trying to honor and uplift the next generation of leaders of color, you know, people who, I mean, it's important to acknowledge the actors as well, but I feel like we do that a lot. And I do think right. there, are, there are a lot of initiatives that support that. And, and that's what we visibly see. And I think that's what people normally talk about. So I'm excited that, that so many people have embraced uh, my program and have embraced this conversation and I'm excited to see where it goes. Absolutely. That's that's wild that it started kind of this year and you already, and you, it was a thought of sponsoring one person and now how, exactly how many sponsors do you have? You have multiple. Yeah. So it, it it's really wild. I'm not going to lie. I, um, yeah. <laughs> it is. It moves fast, think, right? Yeah. And I think about it and I'm like, wow, this started as an idea of mine and it has, you know, manifested and transformed really into what it is you know so you, we, we just announced 15 scholars wow. there's 15 people in the program which is really cool after you know saying i want to do one i was like okay if i can just raise 20 grand you know i can give x amount of money to people we were able to give out sixty thousand dollars to 15 students and i'm wow. still blown away by that because i you know dream big yeah but i was like 20 grand maybe 50 that'd be cool <laughs> But right. we were able to give each student a $4,000 grant, which was not what I had anticipated. And and if we can do that in a short amount of time, from September to, what, January, then I I, ha- I, I can only imagine how it's going to grow. And I hope that people continue to support as the years come. So, so for the, anyone who's listening that has the resources to be able to help and contribute to the scholarship program, where can they possibly donate and help out? Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we take donations year-round, but uh, you can either go to uh, BAC, Broadway Advocacy Coalition's website. There's a drop-down menu for the scholarship, or you can go to my personal website, CodyRenard.com slash scholarship, 
and there are uh, ways to donate and engage and learn more about the students there too. I love that. It's incredible what you're doing because on top of giving scholarships and everything, you're really taking the time to learn about each individual and really mentor each individual. So like on top of just helping them financially, you're doing so much for so many people. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the money is a huge factor in anyone's education. But, right. I, you know, what's been really awesome is that most of the responses that I've gotten back from these 15 students that are like, oh, thanks for this opportunity. I'm really looking forward to connect with you. I'm really looking forward to the people you're going to bring in. That makes it that much more special because it's, it's the money's great. Obviously, no one wants to turn down any type of money these days, but I think it's, it's more about the further advancement of themselves and, you know, meeting new people and also building a community within because everybody's from a different school so they don't know these other students so they'll get to build a community within themselves i think it's really cool that's awesome so like when a student applies they don't have to go to a certain school right they it could be any school any school any school that offers a program where they can either major in the technical aspect or creative aspect of theater or have a concentration in it so ba programs bfa programs we just opened it up to community colleges wow because actually this is a was a learning moment for me um, i modeled the program off of a different program that i saw and you know they excluded trade schools and community colleges and online schools and i got this really really lovely message from a student at community college just saying that, you know, she felt like this was, for lack of a better word, she says she felt like this was a uh, product of systemic racism and that, you right. know, some people don't have the resources to go to a full school, but she is she is just as dedicated at where she is. And I read that and I was like, and I thanked her because that, that was a moment of me, you know, not thinking that the types of people go to different schools. And, and right. the whole point of this program is to open it up for anyone who is serious about being a theater maker and giving them access to things that they wouldn't. So I, I was very grateful that she wrote that. And I, you know, we had a good conversation. And so we opened it up to um, not just accredited universities, but also to community colleges as well. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible what you're doing, really. It's so fascinating. And it's just, it's so true that it's, I mean, I have like a mentor, you could say, and like literally you, I don't think people really understand what one person can do for you and just having that connection and resource that you can like reach out to that person when you're in a pinch and learn from them and someone who's had experience like you, like it just, it goes so far and could literally like change a life. So like kudos to you. It's awesome what you're doing. And uh, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of schools and, you know, college and everything, you actually teach at three universities, right? Kind of. <laughs> kind of? Kinda, okay. Yeah, yeah. So how does that work? Because like, you know, I was a child actor on Broadway and like the adult said, oh, you guys like it's cool because kids have so much energy and everything like that. But like they were always like, I could never do it because I'm an adult. But now like you're an adult. He's like going to school, waking up at 7 a.m., like doing all the, the, whole, the whole thing that people do. And so like, I mean, how do you how do you do all of this? How do you run a scholarship program? How do you go to school and teach? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's it's passion. Really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, you know, there's a there's a quote. I don't know who who first said this, but I, I'm sure you've heard it. It's like people make time for the things that they want to make time for, mm. and I think that is true in any in a relationship, in your life, in your work. You will make time for the things that you care about, the things that you want to make time for. There are so many things that I should be doing that I don't want to do because that's not what I care about right now. You know what I mean? So like. I make time for the things I care about. And and a lot of these things are, even if they're not passion projects, there are things that I really enjoy doing or really feel like I need to be doing. So I make time for it. And that's really it. You know, there, you, there are times when I'm exhausted, but also like I know that there are people who have worked way harder than me. So like, right. I also feel like it's my duty to continue to to give all that I can while I can, you know what I mean? So I enjoy, I enjoy being able to teach a little bit. I enjoy working as a stage manager. I enjoy getting to mentor students. You know, these are all things that bring me joy and happiness. I, I love that. So that's, I make time for it. You know, even when I feel like there isn't time. Right. I find the time because there is, you know. It's all about the mindset, right? Totally. Absolutely. So in in your words, uh, we'll we'll transition a little bit into like your experience and your background and everything like that. In your words, what exactly is a stage manager? Yeah, I would say a stage manager is the person who makes sure that everyone has what they need. What they need, mm. you know. Um, we are the the main facilitator of any production. You know, we talk to every department. We communicate with every department. We we make sure that everything happens as it should. Yeah, we're that we're that go to person that that you can always come to information. And if we don't have it, we'll find it. You know. And there's a bunch of like technical things, obviously, that comes along with the job. But but for me, I, I think the biggest thing is making sure that the vision and everything that is said at day one of rehearsal is carried out through the process, whether that is just a theme, whether that is technical stuff, whether that is whatever, we 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 facilitate and we assist and we make sure that all of that stuff happens on time <laughs> as much as we can and, and that it happens, you know, in, in the manner that, that people want it to happen. Right. I mean, you guys literally... You running around constantly <laughs> so like it's usually like a team of three or four right and you but you got to take care of 40 people <laughs> like you can only do like you guys are constantly running around and making sure everyone has what they need and every, always taking care of I don't know stage managers like they blow my mind I mean because as a kid you know I wasn't on every show because of like the child labor laws and everything so like my favorite thing to do was to like trail the stage managers so there was like one time especially like one of my favorite things that i always thought was so fascinating 
was how you all like mm-hmm. called the show just like everything moved and everything happened and every light was switched on all because like you guys and i was like this is insane like i, yeah. I don't know you guys just blow blow me it's away it's kind of like i know i keep saying that certain things my favorite part but also i love calling a show i love the thrill of saying go and then watching something happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I get so excited. I love calling shows. There was one time I was leaving the theater. I forget what show I was doing, but I was leaving and there's too many. (laughs) I was leaving the stage door and, and this parent and their child stopped me to sign their playbill. And I was like, you don't want my signature. I'm the stage manager. And then she stopped it. We do. And I was like, okay. And I was like, do you even know what a stage manager does? And the little boy looked up at me and said, yeah, you helped make the magic happen. And I oh my God. melted. I, I did. It, it made my night. And I was like, I don't know what, I don't know where they're from or like what the parent has taught them right. or whatever. But just like hearing this little kid say that was such a special and beautiful moment. And like, as a stage, I was like, oh, wow, this kid knows what I do. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe like he's going to yeah. be a stage manager one day. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so, okay. You've stage managed 12 different shows and like all of them are vastly different. Um, so stage managing a show like The Lion King with all of these meticulous set pieces and these props and the costumes and everything like that, like what is so like different for like a stage manager to run a show like that? Yeah, so for The Lion King, I'm a substitute stage manager mm-hmm. and I started that in 2015, I think. And I go in and out of the show when someone is either, you know, has a personal day or sick or on vacation. Um, So I'm like on call whenever I'm available. And that show technically is massive. But also the show was created in the 90s. So it's interesting how like technology has changed on other shows that I've worked on. But this show is still one of the biggest shows on Broadway, you know. But for that, for that show, especially for me coming in and learning this new this new show and these new people is really just being what am I trying to say? Just being focused. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. Why was that so hard? <laughs> but you know, like it's, it's making sure that you remain focused because I'm not there all the time. So it, sometimes it's you know you forget things, so you have to always you know either resort to your notes or just make sure that you are paying attention. And because you're not there all the time, like you might not remember the contingencies in case something goes wrong or like the cast may change or like you're not as familiar with everything as you would if you're doing the show eight times a week. So with that show, and especially with it being so big, you really have to just stay focused and stay like on top of, you know, after you do one cue, think about what's happening next and then walk, look around and make sure everything is where it's supposed to be. Right. That type of thing is like with a show like that, you have to constantly just be checking in with yourself and making sure that you're like going in the right place, doing the right thing and, and all of that. Right. And I'm sure like too with Lion King, like the set piece, like everything really is just so big. Are there constantly like two stage managers or like two crew members, I guess, like prop manager, whatever. Like, like, do you ever like need help? Like sometimes you can like set pieces by yourself, but like sometimes in a show like Lion King, they're so big. Like, do you, is it like a whole like team effort that you really have to collaborate? Yeah. I mean, that show, all the pieces are huge You're right. and um, the crew on that show is, is, is pretty big. Also the theater is, it's a big theater. So there's room for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many people are on the crew, but I know that, you know, with the carpentry uh, department and the props department, there's a lot of people 
who move a lot of things around and set things. And, you know, once something comes off stage, it, it automatically flies up into the air because there's no room to keep it on the floor. Wow. Um, there's a lot of movement backstage. So it's a lot of it's us making sure that people are out of the way. But also the Lion King has been around for over 20 years now. So it's kind of a machine. Right. You know, a lot of people have been there. Some people have been there from the beginning, which is really crazy. Wow. So and it, that's like 20 plus years, right? Yeah, totally. Jeez. Yeah, there's an actress who who opened the show and is still there. It's cool. Oh my god, that's incredible. Linda Way is her name. Yeah, she's still there. So you are still, um, you still like sub there? Like you're still like on? I guess I don't know. Call for them? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was there. I was there in February before. It's weird. It's about to be February oh now. My god. But I was there in February before the the shutdown in March. So like I was in and out whenever. Luckily, the good thing about that show, because it's running for so long, whenever, you know, I'm not working on a full-time show and if they need support, I'm able to go back and, and work, which is nice. That was my next question. So, like, how does that work when you, like, are in a show? Do you just, like, you just can't sub there for that time? Yeah. Okay. Like, so, I started in 2015 and I, and I had, and I didn't go back for, like, three years. Oh, and, wow. And and they didn't think it was that long because I guess when you're on a long running show, like what is time at all is all relative. Yeah. And they called me one day. I was like, oh, you know, my show just closed. I have like a couple months off. Let me know if you need anybody. I'm around. They're like, great. Can you come in tomorrow? And I was like, I don't remember this show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so- I was like, can I get a training day? They're like, oh, you remember it. It was just a couple oh, months ago. Oh, my God. I'm like, no, it's been two and a half, three years, babe. Like I need... <laughs> No. I need a that's crazy yeah do you kind of like have like a file i guess for each show with your notes and everything like how do you stay up on that yeah at one point i was subbing um i was a substitute stage manager for lion king hamilton and dear van hansen at the same time so i had like different <laughs> files so i can remember hamilton it was easy because i was there for a long period of time so that show is kind of like ingrained in me sure but with uh lion king and driven hansen i only go in when they need me which sometimes could be once a week sometimes it could be once every couple months you know so it was harder for me to like get back into the groove of figuring out you know what each show was right but yeah i definitely have I have, a, I have my little note cards. I have like the the, the run sheets that they print out on, on, in like a folder that I take, especially with Dervin Hansen. I never run that show without my really without my cheat sheet because I'm I'm not there enough to remember it. Uh-huh. And it's the yeah, it's the show I know the least. But I mean, I know it, but I have to always have my notes just in case. Right. So uh, that's actually interesting. So you were talking about like the Lion King being twenty years and whatever, but like now you have like you're doing a show like Dervin Hansen as well, who it just recently opened and kind of like changed, like had a whole new thing about the show in their digital, like how they had the projectors and everything like that. Yeah. So like, does that affect like, I guess anything like for the stage managers, like with it being so like digitally reliant? More so for the stage managers who are calling the show. Okay. For me, I just, I run the deck. I'm on deck with the cast. I I haven't learned to call Dear Van Hansen. So for my responsibilities, the, the projection and the video screens don't really come into play other than when they fly into the to the stage, making sure that people are out of the way of them and making sure that they're moving at the right time. But other than that, I don't I don't have much of a um, responsibility with them. Gotcha. Um, as an assistant or as a sub. But yeah, they really did. You know, they ushered in this whole new like video thing that a lot of shows are doing now. Yeah, right. It's cool to see like 
you know, you go to see Lion King because it's still on Broadway. And then like you go see Dear Hansen and just like how much the Broadway culture kind of has changed in the past 20 years or whatever it is. It's pretty cool. So you also, like you mentioned, you worked on Hamilton and you also were the PSM at Freestyle of Supreme. So like, obviously those are uh, a lot of the same people kind of that aren't there every day. So like, I don't know, kind of, but like, do you notice like a lot of similarities between like how it's ran like backstage because it's kind of the same people? and, And Freestyle? Yeah. Not at all. Really? <laughs> yeah, not at all. Only because, you know, the structure of freestyle is so different than any Broadway show that I have ever seen or been a part of. It is its own thing. Right. Which is really amazing. But yeah, it's it's so different. I mean, other than the fact that like, you know, it's the same key players and they and they they interact the same right but the atmosphere at freestyle was very different than the atmosphere at hamilton now was that your first psm yeah it was my first psm on broadway i've done it um oh off my broadway God. And i've done it regionally but it was my first time getting to do it on broadway so like were you just like going in super excited like how was that for you i mean yeah so that was amazing it was a dream come true i you I've known I wanted to PSM on Broadway for a very long time. Uh-huh. And I also knew that most PSMs on Broadway are much older than I am. Right. Or there are some who are in their 30s. A lot of them are not. So I just knew that it would be harder for me to get that position and to get that job. And Freestyle came along. I did the show off Broadway and, and announced it was moving to Broadway. And it all just felt right. You know what I mean? Period. Like, me getting that show, me doing that show, me knowing these people. I was like, this is the opportunity that just feels right. And then I got the call to PSM, the show on Broadway, Ugh. on my birthday. No way. Yeah. Ugh. So I was like, this is this is completely meant to be. Like more right. so than anything I can think of, you know. So it just all really just fell into place. And it was hard. I mean, it was hard and I learned a lot and it was rewarding. And like I said, I learned a lot, but um, I loved it. It was, yeah, I was excited every every single day I went to that theater. It was, it was, it was a dream come true. I know that's so cliche. No, yeah, it's, but it really was. It really was. That's awesome. So talk about so the difference between a PSM and an SM. So like the production stage manager and the stage manager. Yeah. So the production stage manager is more so the the face of the team slash production they are the person who kind of corrals everything Mm -hmm. you know the psm will start the rehearsal the psm uh sometimes set the tone for the day they make sure that 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 the director stays on schedule and that the cast is where they need to be and they're getting all the right information so yeah the psm is the main communicator of the show and then you know there's a lot of administrative stuff that goes along with it a lot of emails you know there's constantly you know, because that's how we communicate the most is email. So there's a lot of people asking questions and just so we really make sure that everybody stays on top of what they need to do while we're kind of staying on top of the rehearsal room and then tech and then moving forward. Right. Um, yeah. The PSM really kind of takes the reins and 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 make and guides everyone and make sure that we're all working towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. And while the assistant stage managers and the stage managers supports all of that, you know, they do a lot of the. The, the the technical prop tracking mm-hmm. and and the cast tracking and and supporting um you know small 
small, but supporting paperwork so so the PSM can 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 guide the room and be that person that is like pushing everything along. Right. Um, so it's really a team effort. Without the assistance, the PSM, some PSMs won't be as strong, you know, so you have to really have people that complement each other. And a PSM, they also do a lot of scheduling. Is that like oh, something yeah. that you, is that like another like added layer for you or that is like fun or like, is that something you, you know, you're not really interested in? Oh, it's, it's, it's great. I love yeah. it. It's like, if it depends on the show. Like some shows scheduling is easy and some shows it is. Cause there are some directors I've worked with like um, Sammy Cannells, who's a younger director, but she's incredible. She maps out everything. We yeah. did a Vita together at City Center. Oh my god! So scheduling with her was a piece of cake. She would say, <laughs> we're going to do this, 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 and this. So I would just have to reformat, double check, make sure that the fittings didn't, you know, conflict and then we'll send it off. Um, but other directors you know go with the flow and do it step by step so it's a lot of like seeing what we got done and then creating the schedule for the next day so it's a, it's a puzzle piece really um but i enjoy it i love it's all about problem solving i love figuring things out and making sure that everyone gets a little bit of what they need um freestyle scheduling was crazy yeah i bet only because we had no one was in the show all, i mean there were we had a core group of people who did the show all the time and then we had surprise, you know, <laughs> surprise yes, all the time. I mean, they were a surprise to the audience. Right. Most of the time they were not a surprise to me. Most of there the was time. a couple of times that, you know, I get an email. Oh, not an email. I get a text or a call from Chris Jackson or Lin-Manuel being like, hey, I want to do the show tonight. Or can no. I come tomorrow? Uh, I'm in town. Like Alex Lackamore too. is like, I'm in town. Can I play? You know, so uh, like figuring out, you know, what the show looks like in order to get them on or sometimes telling them, sorry, we're full. You can't, right. you know? And they got it. Like, they told, and that's what I loved about it. They all, like, offered me that respect to say, listen, I would love to put you on, but I can't. Or you can do this one game or come out, whatever, you know? Wow. Um, but I'm such a yes person. I try to make it all work for everybody. You know, everybody has a little, a little and, you know, and Tommy Kale, our director, really empowered that. He wanted everyone to to get a chance to eat is what he would say. We all need to eat. Right. So, um, tried to make it work for everybody y'all also had like a really different schedule like compared to like the regular broadway uh schedule i guess like the normal like eight o'clock seven o'clock whatever you guys had some like nine thirty shows right we sure did we had um i think off broadway we had nine thirties and like six on broadway i think we had seven o'clocks and ten o'clocks yeah which was you know, in theory, we were like, great, we get two days off. We can do that. But by the time you get to that third, we did seven and ten Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Oh. So by the time you get to that 10 o'clock show on Monday, you're like, who am I? Right? You know, right. your eyes are starting across and, you know. But then you get two days off and the show's only 90 minutes, so it's nice. But it's weird walking out of a theater at 1130 midnight by just finishing your show and not you know, sometimes you finish the show and you like you socialize and you, you know, wrap up. Right. But with this show, we were walking out at midnight because we had just finished the show and did the report. So, so that was weird. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. That's, but that's so fun. It just keeps you all it on your toes, you know? Really yeah. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com/easy. ramp.com/easy. r a m p.com/easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So, you mentioned like you know, you worked obviously on a bunch of Broadway shows in all of these different theaters, but you've also worked at like City Center, the Met, Carnegie Hall, like all of these fabulous theaters and famous theaters. Uh, do you have like a favorite theater or like the one that like really helps being a stage manager, like can really work well in? Like, do you have anything like that? Does it affect anything? You know what's funny? So you started listing those, and I know you didn't ask something. I'm just gonna say because I think it's interesting. Okay. Um, I have like a little goal uh-huh. that I want to work in, you know, all of what I deem to be like the famous institutions, you know, wow. and, and I, and I, and I wrote that down a long time ago, but I forgot about it. And then when I got to, when I did the Tony Awards at Radio City, I was like, Oh, let me go back to my list. And I was like, wow, I've been, I've been able to, you know, Carnegie Hall, uh, Radio City, City Center, um, the Met, Kennedy right. Center, um, all of these amazing places, you know, and I'm I'm still waiting on the Beacon. I'm still waiting on Lincoln Center and Barclays Center. Oh, because I also did a show at Madison Square Garden. Oh my god! So it's like, yeah, it's it's been really cool to to like be able to walk into these spaces and and, and have worked there. So anyway, that's like a little goal of mine, like a side. I goal. love like, that. I want... It's always good to set goals. Yeah, it's so fun, and it's just interesting to say like, yeah, I, I did something there. Yeah, you know, I know those. <laughs> right. People. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyone who's listening who can get get him in at the Lincoln yes. Center, the Beacon, Come all of these shows. Come on. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but my favorite theater in all of New York City that I've done shows at is City Center. I love New York City Center. It is. Wow. I love it. This it's just uh, it, and also now I've done I think five or six shows there now oh wow it just feels like home and i know the people and i just love like the location it's a beautiful theater it's really you know i mean the backstage is 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 not that big stage left but stage right there's so much room and like we have our own office and there's so many dressing rooms it's just like and you know the rehearsal spaces are in the theater there's just so many pluses to working there and they really give you um, the resources and things for you to do your job. And so I love that. I love working there. That's awesome. You actually talked about uh, the Tony Awards and Radio City Music Hall. What is that? Like, how how do you stage manage the Tony Awards? Because there's little to no rehearsal time for that. So like, what what goes into that? Like, what is a day of the Tony Awards? It's wild. It's wild. There are a lot of stage managers on the Tonys. I think upwards to like 15 or 20. No way. Yeah. 
and everyone has um, a different responsibility. There's one person who oversees the entire show, um, which was not me. His name was Gary Hood for the year I did it. And he's done it a lot. He's amazing at what he does. And then he hires, you know, he brings on his team and and everyone has a very specific job. Right. Because like with a show like that, you have to have people in the right place. You can't really have people running around because it moves so quickly, you know. Whereas with theater, we rehearse, we know what's happening. With that, we do rehearse a little bit, but you need people stationed in order to push people, in order to make sure the awards are right, make sure that the scenery's moving, you know. Right. So there's eyes on like every part of the stage, and like there are some people who only do the pre telecast, which is all the awards that happen before the show, and then they kind of just assist with other things. Yeah, it's exactly that. Everyone has a very specific job, mm-hmm. which is very important because there's so many moving pieces. 2019 was my first year during the Tony, so I learned a lot. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was amazing. It was a dream come true. It was really cool to get to A, work on the Tonys and be around all of my friends and some people, you know, that I knew who were nominated and seeing them and watching them perform and come off stage. Like, it was such a special moment. I'll never forget it. It was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, like, the interesting thing, too, is, like, the Tonys are live. And, like, I mean, like, obviously, like, theater is, too. But, like, there's a lot more than, like, 5,000 people. First of all, that's, like, the biggest stage that you could possibly, like, perform live at. And then there's a whole audience at home and everything. Did your history in working in live shows like Jesus Christ Superstar, Hairspray Live, and The Wiz, did that kind of, like help in like because you know you already had like the whole live and filming aspect of it yeah i mean that's how i got the job oh yeah because you know television and theater they're so separate and the the job itself is different in the way people approach it but that's how you know a spot opened up and i got the call like no one leaves the tony awards these people have been doing it for years and years and years it's a great gig a lot of them started in the theater and transitioned to TV, so they love being around it. You know what I mean? So like right. everyone does the Tonys every year, and that's the one awards show that always happens in New York. You know, like the Grammys comes in and out, and the VMAs come in and out, so they get to do that. And the Oscars are always in LA. So with um, with the Tonys, it's always in New York City. So they 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 always do this show. But a position opened up, and I had just done this was twenty nine. Yeah, I had just done Jesus Christ Superstar. And they called me to do the Tonys as well. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's very similar in the way that it works with, you know, there's a commercial break. So you have time to reset and like the terminology of figuring out how the rundown, which is basically like a run sheet or like a run of show, mm-hmm. like figuring out how that works and the scheduling and all that stuff. And, you know, working with the cameras and, and yeah, so it's interesting. Live TV musicals is, is really what, what got me um, in the door with the Tonys. That's awesome. These live musicals, right? How is that different to doing a show on a stage? But like now you're on like a film set and you know, you have to like angle things in a way that's like good enough for the camera and all of that. Like how did how do things shift? Well, with the live musicals, it's kind of broken out into a couple of sections. Like the first section is the, the easiest part for me, because we rehearse the show for two to five weeks normally like five weeks for a tv musical yeah Um, so yeah right yeah uh but we rehearse you know so we get to we get in the studio and we get to rehearse just like a broadway show you know 
the director and the choreographer will will start to lay the groundwork and and we support them in that. Um, and that's very much how we do it on Broadway, how we do it, you know, regionally. So that part is is like is like home. And I love that. I love that it's able to start that way. So then I really feel comfortable with the people and I get to know the show. And then we add on the next layer, which we bring on more stage managers to move into the sound stage, you know, and and that is when we essentially reblock, not reblock the show, but put everybody into place, you right? Know, dry block the show with the camera director. So there's two directors. There's the the, the overall director who directs the show and blocks the show and, and gives the actors their intentions and makes sure that the theme and the and everything and the creative vision is there. And then the camera director, who works with the director before to like talk through all that stuff, comes in. And then tells him, all right, this angle is what we really need to get this moment that you were talking about. And this angle is what we should do here. And like, what do you think about this? And and they really start to like fold in their vision of what they see through the lens of a camera. So that's really cool getting to see both sides. And what's also interesting is that me being a Broadway theater stage manager, I'm used to helping a director in the creative way in the rehearsal room, not necessarily helping a director in a creative way to see through a camera lens. Mm. you know but a lot of the tv stage managers that's what they do uh yeah so yeah, yeah. you know it's a very different skill and it was and i loved watching gary who's done a lot of the tv musicals work with our director and see how he helps him figure things out and how he moves things around you know so that's really it so we move in we t- we we block all the cast and we tell them there's going to be a camera here you need to make hit your marks here and it's really important that they hit their marks because that if they don't, you know, the camera's off or like whatever, you know what I mean? Right. We spend a couple of weeks, maybe two or maybe a week, depends on the show, depends on how big the show is, just re-blocking and, and getting everybody used to the set. And then we bring on the cameras and we do camera blocking and the cameras start to like, you know, sometimes they interweave through the cast while they're dancing yeah. and sometimes it's out front and, and that's a whole, another huge element. But we spent the time doing all the other steps, you know, and then we do that and then... And then it's really it. Then we do a run through, a dress rehearsal, and then that's the show. Unreal. So it's similar to theater if you think of it like rehearsal, tech, previews, opening, but it's so different. You know, there's so much more elements that are added. But yeah. So you were talking about the whole like you, you know, you go into a rehearsal room and you're figuring it out, and then you add more stage managers. So in that rehearsal room, you're, are you like not only creating a track for yourself, but also a couple other people? Essentially, yeah. So there's usually two to three stage managers during the rehearsal process, which is normal for a Broadway show too. Right. But so we're in the rehearsal room just like looking at things and we're writing things down. So like things are like someone we need to look for, look out for, you know. And then once we add on more, you know, one person will either take on like the people who are looking after the cast and like tell them like you're going to be on this person make sure that they need to do this this and this and there would be another person who's added on who takes care of like the technical stuff and they divide people up to like you're in charge of stage right and they you know check all the props and make sure that they have the right people and all of that type of thing and there's some people who just look at the flying stuff so so there's more people to go around in tv so everyone's job is very specific once we start running the show which is really great yeah, that's awesome. You know, something 
also like really cool and different that you've done is Cirque du Soleil. Like you, you know, you like what? Like, so, I mean, although like that was on Broadway, you know, like it's a very different Broadway show than like your typical Broadway show. Like, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, Cirque is intense. I mean, you know, these people who who, you know, circus artists, we call them artists. Right. You know, we never call circ, um, acrobats actors or singers or they're, they're artists. You know, what they do is very, their artistry is insane. Right. And what they do with their bodies is something I couldn't even dream <laughs> of doing. But yeah, like it's everything that they do is high impact. And the margin for error and injury is massive. Mm-hmm. So the amount of, when I was talking about focus earlier, just as a sub, the amount of focus and trust you need on a Cirque du Soleil show is times a thousand because if the people on stage can't trust you as a stage manager calling these moving pieces while they're riding a unicycle, you know, with a girl on their shoulders, then, right. you know, then they're not going to be able to do their job. Or like when they're juggling whatever, standing on top of a bar while things are moving around them. You know, if you call a light cue when they're looking up in the air when it's not supposed to move, that's going to throw them off. Right. So it's very, it's really important to to build that trust because what they're doing on stage um, is very different from what we're used to in theater. You know, yes, you know, we there's acrobatics and a lot of musicals, but there's rarely people hanging upside down from a trapeze unless you're doing Pippin with Diane Paulus. You know, <laughs> I was in that um, production. <laughs> oh, you are. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, too, like, with Pippin, our artists, they really change to us. And, like, mm-hmm. they really they really took the Broadway part of it and, like, the whole, like, oh, this is a production and blah, blah, blah. Like, we're telling a story and this is, like, a kind of, like, typical Broadway show. But like y'all are doing your own thing still, so they yeah. so they kind of adjusted to us. But like you had to like adjust to them. So like yeah, that's that's a perfect way of saying it. It's like you know Diane took Pippin and infused the circus into Pippin. Right. You know Paramore took Broadway and was like no 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 y'all got to figure out how to right. fit with it what we do. Interesting. And what's hard about Cirque du Soleil is that there are a lot of things. But like what I would say is that. You know, it takes a lot of time for these artists to train and they need to train on their equipment. And there's a lot of union rules that prohibit, you know, us being there for a certain amount of hours. But they really need to be training sometimes at 10 a.m. And they need to be doing it multiple days a week, not every day. But, you know, so they need, you know, they breathe, they eat, breathe and sleep this in order to condition their bodies to do it all the time. So it was a lot of trying to figure out that schedule and making sure that we fit within the union rules and also fit within, you know, the rules of making sure that everyone had enough time away from the theater too, but also giving them time to train and also train new people because there, there are injuries and we have to train backups and, and replacements and all of that type of thing. So, so yeah, that was a lot too, just making sure that everyone had enough time to just perfect what they were doing around the show itself, you know? Absolutely. So it's interesting. Uh, this is the last question. Just to recap, I mean, you've literally worked on like some of the coolest shows on Broadway, and we didn't even get to like Motown and If Then and all of these incredible shows. They're all extremely, extremely different. However, 
all of them have just an incredible like message that they portray and when people come to the the show they they are just leaving the show just feeling reborn in like a way and so is that really something that you consider when you're kind of applying or whatever like when you're accepting a job yeah i i'm not gonna lie there have been times where i've been offered a job and i'm like well i just need to work right now so i'm gonna say yes right there have been other times when i've been offered a job and i'm like this does not feel right i don't want to be you know i don't want to be sad eight times a week you know i don't want to you know go down this rabbit hole of what the subject matter of this certain show is right because, you know, sometimes, I mean, I can detach every once in a while, but sometimes you really get into a groove and you get invested in these things. So, so yeah, I do try to be conscientious of the shows that I work on. Mm-hmm. And I also, it's also about the people who are doing them. Mm. You know, I, I seek out certain shows if there's a director that I really want to work with or an, an actor in the show that I really admire, I will, you know, seek it out and see if I can be involved. You know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I do try to be intentional about it. Sometimes it's really just like, I'm available, that show's happening, let's do it. Right. But a lot of times, you know, I really try to be intentional. And sometimes it's just like, even without being intentional, it just worked out. You know, some shows just fell into my lap and I was like, wow, I really needed this at this time. Right. Like Kinky Boots, not a show that I sought out, really. And it was a time in my life I was going through a breakup. I just closed this this show that I didn't necessarily love. Mm. And I was just in this weird place. And the opportunity came. And I was like, without even thinking about it, I said, yes. And then I joined the show. And that show, I don't know if you got to see the show, but it's such a message of inclusivity and hope and like friendship and lifting people up literally raise you up right (laughs) i needed needed that message as cody and it was such a it was so interesting that that show came at that time so yeah i mean a lot of times i'm trying to be intentional but sometimes i think it happens for me yeah (laughs) totally and you got to take care of yourself you know so like yeah i totally get that that's awesome well thank you so much for doing this this was a blast talking to you and kind of hearing your story and your journey through all all of this craziness that we've gotten ourselves into Uh, (laughs) i've always i've always actually felt like stage managers you know should like be able to join the cast and the curtain calls and everything like that because really like they run the show <laughs> like like there's we're just the ones like on the stage but like there's a whole nother show that happens you know so like i always felt like they should be able to join the curtain call and take a bow so i'm excited that you know to have you on today and have you take a bow so oh well thank you yeah i appreciate of that course. but also i'll say you know watching the cast bow especially on a show like hamilton because it's like one one it's one company bow really mm, that yeah me is is about for the show right you know so like every time they take their big bow and you feel the audience like erupt into applause like i always feel that i'm like oh yeah i had a part in this you know what i mean so like we we do get our you know if if it's 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 different but okay yes thank you well i'm glad you you guys you like feel that you know you feed off of that but it's so true like just what Hamilton has done in that curtain call, like I know, like we're we're getting a little off topic, but like it's just it's so true that it's it's perfect because every show is such a team effort, and it's not 
an individual effort. And it's like when shows have those individual bows, it kind of like takes away from that. But like what Hamilton does at the end of the show is so beautiful. So it totally makes sense that like you feel that way. And and I just remembered this. Sometimes like I was there for women's I don't know if it's Women's History Month, March. Yeah. But there was a a Women's Day on Broadway, and they invited all the women in the show, the stage managers, dressers, crew, everybody on stage down to take a big collective bow. All the men took a step back, and all the women joined in the front. If they were on, you know, swings, and they did a big collective bow. So there are also moments that happen like that, too, that I think are just so special. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, we got to lift each other up and like continue to be there for each other no matter what. So yeah, well, thank you again. I could talk to you forever, but thank you. This was a blast. It was a pleasure meeting you. Of course. Thank you. Take a bow, Cody Renard Richard. I don't know about you, but that was like a whole book of knowledge in listening forms. (laughs) I've been wanting to interview a stage manager for the longest time, and I'm so glad that Cody was one of our first ones, not only because of like how amazing he is as a human being and what he's doing for the youth and everything for the entertainment industry going to college and all of those who have aspiring dreams, but also like his resume is just incredible. I mean, like, he's worked on quite literally almost every, like, major show on Broadway. And so he definitely has big, big, big responsibilities when he's at the theater. And it's it, it's incredible. And just to pick at his mind for a little bit, uh, for an hour out of his day, was just, was just awesome for me. And I hope it was incredible for you. And I hope it was helpful for those who are interested in stage managing and who want to go into that field, either in college or professionally, whatever it may be. But I definitely think having him on and having some questions was definitely, definitely helpful. And I hope to have more stage managers on in the future. Um, So when that is when that does happen, if there were any questions that weren't asked today or weren't answered, shoot me a message and I will totally 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 try to get those answers for you this is something that is supposed to be educational and something that we can all learn from and hopefully help ourselves in the future so i am happy to i'm happy to do that and can we just take a second to acknowledge what he's doing as far as his scholarship program i mean that's just absolutely incredible it's the cody renard richard scholarship program and it helps all bipoc students who are going to college uh any college including big universities or even community college and it's not just for stage managing but it's also uh, for which i didn't realize i thought it was just for stage managing but it's actually for anyone who's doing the technical side of the industry so even like directing and props and all of that stuff like he explained in the in the interview but like I just thought that was like the coolest thing ever and uh, kudos to him I mean like he literally put it all together this year and it's super impressive and super inspiring that he's doing this so if you are listening and you are interested in learning more Go over to his website and learn more about it. And if you want, you can donate. There's uh, options there. And yeah, I mean, just what he's doing is incredible. And by donating and helping out, you would be changing a lot of lives as well. So thanks, Cody. Definitely worth taking a bow. 
and I was so excited to have you on. So keeping the theme of the whole stage management, our drama dictionary word of the day is going to be calling. So calling the show is so interesting because it's going to sound really weird, but I promise it's going to make sense. Um, The stage managers are literally like sitting at what looks like a Pac-Man, like old Pac-Man arcade style machine. Kind of like that, but like not that at all. But like the whole like structure and everything is just with like thousands, hundreds more of a lot, a lot more buttons. So it's really cool. What they do, they have their headsets on and they have like a little mic and Basically, like, they say, like, a little code, like a, oh, Blue 94, or Track 97, or Track 23, or Lighting 32, all of these crazy things. They have, like, code words and, like, names in it for everything, and they say that word, and it automatically goes to, like, everyone who's a stagehand and like everyone who's going to be in the crew so that includes like wardrobe and all of them like they all hear it because they all have their own certain cues but the certain words that they say will tell each member of the crew whose responsibility it is so the stage manager will say track 97 and then That'll alert the automation guy and the crew members who are getting the track ready and everything. It'll alert them and be like, okay, we got to get into place for this set and this set piece and this track, whatever it may be. And then the stage manager, a couple seconds later, will then say, go. And then that's the cue for the automation guy to hit the button of, oh, the track needs to start moving now. And then that's literally how everything works. So literally, light 29, go. That is the cue for the lighting of whatever it may be. It may be a spotlight. It may be like the whole stage. It may be uh, whatever it is. Calling the show is literally how the show works. And like Cody said in the interview, uh, well, maybe not Cody, but a fan of his, the little boy that he talked to after the show one day, Calling is what makes the magic happen. So calling is a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal part of the any show. And it's done by the stage managers. And it's a headset. And they have a binder and all of these things. And they're just sitting there with the script and all of their cues and everything like that. And they the, they have some monitors that they can watch the show and watch the automators and all of the lighting and everyone and just be like, hey, it's your turn. You're up. And yeah, that that's what calling the show is. It's quite fascinating. I love watching stage managers call the show because it's super quick because you're literally alerting like 90 people that like to go at this time. And this is how, oh, this needs to start moving and this needs to start working and this needs to go on stage and this needs to get ready and like all of these incredible things so definitely like calling the show is super important stage managers definitely deserve more recognition for everything that they do because literally without them there would be no show so this week i'm actually going to introduce a new little segment as well and that's going to be the triple e 
and that's Eli's Entertainment Experiences. So shout out to all the patrons who showed up on Friday when we had our first ever event for the patrons. And seven of you showed up and it was awesome. And we all talked and we all had ideas and I was able to make a few announcements like just for them. And that was really cool. And just to get to know you guys and meet you all, we all learned some fun facts and all of that great stuff about each other. And it was just a lot of fun. So I look forward to doing that again. And if you're interested in participating in that, check out patreon.com slash TAB. And if you're interested in participating in something like that, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash TAB. But they inspired me to create a new segment as they wanted to hear more from me and my experience. So I created the Triple E segment. So that's Eli's entertainment experience. And that's a little bit uh, of history of how that started. Um, But the first question that I'm going to answer is how did you keep your stamina during Trevor, Christmas Story, Finding Neverland, Pippin, and those shows uh, where you aren't really off stage and then it says do you try to maintain a sleep schedule even on off days this is a great question and it's actually something that's very interesting and something that I always wonder because obviously every person's different so like it's actually a question that I've wanted to ask a few other people especially like who play roles like Dear Evan Hansen and a Mean Girls type role Regina George and all of that I don't know that just like came to my head so my answer to this question would be, you know, you definitely try to maintain a sleep schedule. And honestly, like, I haven't even been able to break it ever since, like, not doing a show. Like, it's just literally ingrained in your body that you go to bed super late and you wake up later, but, like, not too late. And you kind of just get used to, like, a seven-hour, eight-hour sleep schedule uh, each night. And your body like totally adjusts to it. And it's crazy. As far as like the stamina and everything goes. It's interesting, because everyone obviously has their own experiences. So this is mine. But I, I think in general, I think it's very interesting how in the rehearsal process, you slowly build your track, but you're also like slowly building your your stamina. So like, Throughout the rehearsal process, you're totally learning how to not only like do your role and everything like that, but like where to breathe, when you can have water, when you could like take a second and like have a little bit of extra time here and whatever it may be, and just getting your body more into shape. But then the whole aspect of like, oh, I should go on a run every morning, or I should go to the gym and just like do a couple things, or I should do something in my home gym, even if it's like a couple pushups, just something that gets your heart going. And while you do that, you may want to sing, you may want to do your some of your lines, all of that is extremely helpful. I remember in Trevor, I, I definitely had a lot of stamina already just because I had just done Pippin and finding neverland at right after each other and then right after neverland i was asked to go on the neverland tour and then do trevor so like it was it was a lot so like i i my stamina was already up it never like went down or anything like that so i didn't really have to retrain anything but i always like made sure that you know i was staying active walking doing push-ups doing whatever like just something that like gets my heart rate going taking a jog 
my I love to ice skate. So like just anything really that like gets your heart going. And then while you're doing it, just make sure that you're singing, make sure that you're talking, make sure you're doing whatever you may be doing on stage to kind of slowly build it up. But that rehearsal process is really the main thing that's going to help you build your stamina because as you go day by day, your stamina is going to grow stronger. And as you learn your track, your stamina is going to learn how to adjust based off of that certain scene. And then you incorporate it into all of them. And so like, it's just, it's a lot of nonstop and always trying to keep moving. So that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Cody, for coming on. Thank you for sharing your experiences in the stage managing industry and answering all my questions fun questions and hopefully this was a huge learning experience for all of you i know it definitely was for me so i look forward to to next week's episode um and hopefully getting some new stage managers on in the future well thanks for everyone for listening to episode 38 of take a bow and if you made it this far thank you especially and i think you deserve to take a bow but seriously thank you again for listening thank you for your support Uh, I look forward to next week's episode, and I hope to see you there. So have a great week. Bye, everyone. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.